Ladies and gentlemen, we are excited to announce that the Eldonzo and D Show has obtained exclusive leaked audio from the newest member of the Secret Service meeting with Joe Biden and the First Family. Does your dear go bad? Oh. Oh. I thought you said your dog did not bite. That is not my talk. Coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios. This is the Eldonzo and D Show. You have insanity in my earpiece. I'm Eldonzo. I'm Dees. And the insanity rings uh, paramount today. So let's talk about the cold opener real quick. So it appears that Commander, which is President Joe Biden's dog, bit yet this week another Secret Service agent. You know how many that makes in the past like year? It's like 24 Secret Service agents this dog has bitten. <laughs> My mom texts me. She goes, I just know he's kicking that dog when he gets pissed off or something. Well, I don't know. Something's going on with that dog. And then the other dog, Major, which he had before that, was biting Secret Service agents and people left and right as well. So they had to get rid of him. So I guess they got, I sent they, I guess they sent Commander off to pasture somewhere, got him out of the White House. It was so bad, okay? It was so bad that the Secret Service had to change their procedures and protocols around this dog for safety reasons. They were treating it literally as a workplace injury. <laughs> I think it's time he gets like, I don't know, like a Shih Tzu or, you know, one of them little foo-foo dogs or something. Or maybe make a, uh, mix a Shih Tzu with a bulldog. Yeah. Get a bullshit. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you got to think about this, though. How How agitated... Could a dog get, really? When your owner's like, hey, come here, uh, 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 damn, come on. You, you know the thing, whatever your your name is, cat. You know, I mean, how, it'd be, it'd be aggravating if I was in that position as an animal. I'm just saying. So, right. anyway, by far, this is probably the least impactful story. What we just talked about with the, the first dog, who gives a damn about that? Let's talk about what happened yesterday, and I want to preface this real quick. We've been down for two weeks, so we've got an awful lot to talk about. We've got this stuff with Fannie Willis. We've got this this thing with Mike Turner and the nukes that Russia wants to launch into space, which is but a nothing burger. We've got AT&T, which we're going to go into now. Uh, we talked about this. Well, we're going to talk about it. It happened yesterday. AT&T experienced probably... In my opinion, you tell me these, probably the biggest nationwide outage in cell service that I think has ever happened. Am I correct? That I am aware of, yeah. That it I, wasn't just AT&T. It was were Verizon. R- it was Cricket. It T-Mobile. hit a lot of others. But now AT&T got the brunt of it. AT&T, I think, according to uh, DownDetector.com, which they, I think it's DownDetector, they track how many people report how many. Uh, right. You know, if they're down or not, or, you know, they don't have service. At one point, it was 75,000 people. And this was not in one isolated location. This was coast to coast. Yeah. Usually major cities. And, you know, the way that they're reporting it, I don't know, a 
couple hundred thousand total is what they said or whatever. That's just the people that reported it. You know, right. there are tons of people, i.e. like me, who didn't report it. Did um, you have an outage? No. Yeah. The weird thing is, is I had an, I have three lines on my phone. Mine was out. The other two lines were not. So I don't know if it's a, like my phone is newer than the other two type thing or, uh, but like I went on uh, X after I learned that there was an outage. And if you did like the hashtag search or whatever, like mm -hmm. there were lots and lots of people like what they reported, I think is a very gross underestimate of how many people were actually without cell phones for, I want to say a, what, seven, eight hours. I think the yeah, first it was something like that. I think it started a little bit after two in the morning Yeah, uh, on Thursday morning. And I think it was after 11 my time. It when, when it started working again? It was between uh, 10 and 11 o'clock is when they started rectifying it. Now, my brother, his his son, my nephew, his phone went down early in the morning, and they both have AT&T. My brother's was, was still functioning. It still had service up until about, I think it was like 8.30, and then he texted me on another phone, his company phone, and said, yeah, it just went down. Uh, so it was, it was sporadic, which... And we looked at the the space weather and everything. There wasn't any CMEs or you know solar flares or anything like that 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 could have caused something on this level. Uh, it didn't seem to be something. Once again, looking at this, it's some kind of error. A satellite didn't go out because it would have affected far more things in a more streamlined manner. So I naturally go to this was a cyber attack. What do you think, these? Yeah, AT&T released a statement where they said, based on our initial review, we believe the outage was caused by the application and execution of an incorrect process used as we were expanding our network, not a cyber attack. Now, I want to say this real quick. So Change Healthcare had a cyber attack. I think they're a division of United Health Group. And a lot of people couldn't get their prescriptions filled because of this. They had a cyber attack. It messed everything up. They got into the system. And this was on Wednesday, okay? This was the day before the cyber attack yesterday on Thursday, uh, which we can only presume was the Chicoms. I think it was the Chinese. The Chinese are, you know, the ones that are big into this. Now, people initially said that the AT&T outage was not a cyber attack. They said they thought, well, maybe it was a, we think we were doing an update and it went haywire. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Around 1030 they, yesterday morning, they said they had 75% of the outages rectified, but they still didn't know what caused it. Now, how in the hell do you fix something and you didn't know what the problem was? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Now, yesterday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, uh, it, was, it was reported that the Department of Homeland, Homeland Security and the FBI we're both investigating this as a cyber attack. Then they come out to say, it's, then they come out today and say, well, it's no big deal. It was just an update thing. It wasn't a cyber attack. I'm going to tell you something. This is a conspiracy theory at this point because it's blatantly flying in the face of what they're saying. I believe this was a cyber attack. I, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think it, I think it's one of two things. Us testing against ourselves to see what it would take. God forbid we'd never do that, would we? Right. Or, as you said, one of our uh, not-so-friendlies out there basically doing the same thing, just 
just a little poke of the bear just to see what they can accomplish and maybe what it would take to like wipe the entire thing out. Uh, it just seems a little too weird for it to, to be, like I said, a, a software issue type deal, especially considering that like, and, and this is a, my theory only based on what I have like in my account, the newer phones that have the more higher tech stuff uh, in my personal case is what was affected as opposed to the phones that are on my lines that are four, five, six years old. So I don't know. Well, I can tell you this much. I believe it was a cyber attack. Seems pretty damn fishy. That's all I it's got. It's very say. fishy. Whether it was like you said, whether we were doing it as a dry run or a foreign entity, i.e. China was doing it as a dry run. Now China has been embedded in our cyber infrastructure for about a decade, at least a decade. And they're just waiting there. They're in there just waiting, watching, waiting to strike. Now, the big theory is, and I think it was Marco Rubio said this, when they actually do pull the trigger on this before they go into Taiwan, it's going to be 100 times worse than the AT&T outage. They're going to hit everything at the same time. And I've actually, in, in one of the coming segments, we're going to get into this, into this more and more about the Chinese nationals that are poured across the border. Uh, and it's going to tie into the open border thing why I think we're going to get attacked, attacked soon. But I can tell you who it wasn't. If this was a cyber attack, it was not Russia. Because I guarantee you right now, the United States government would have come out and Russia, 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 more reason to pass the Russian-Ukraine bill. Get that on the House floor. I guarantee you it wasn't Russia. Now, I can't guarantee who it was. I guarantee it wasn't Russia. Because they will use any excuse in the book to make a big deal out of Russia. Now, let's talk about something that happened. I wanted to get this on the show last weekend. We didn't have it. You were down. I was down. Uh, Mike Turner, Republican Ohio, uh, he led a bipartisan congressional delegation to Kiev. This was his third visit to Kiev since Russia's invasion. And he tried to assure Vladimir Zelensky that reinforcements were on their way. He said, we have to get this done. This is no longer an issue of when do we support Ukraine? If we do not move, this will be abandoning Ukraine. So Mike Turncoat Turner, who would rather give money to Ukraine, by the way, I think it's, what was it, $95 million or $95 billion is what it was, the aid package that he wants to get passed here. Now, this did pass the Senate, but it stalled out because... I guess it got to the uh, got to the House floor, and the Speaker of the House said, I'm not going to do this. I'm not even going to put it out there for a vote. What's really interesting about this, and this happened the week prior, but I want to get to this. The day after that happened, Mike Turner comes out, and he made this, this, this big veiled threat about Russia and putting nukes in space and nuclear security in space, and we have to act now. This is an ex existential threat. It's a serious national security threat. And a lot of people freaked out about this, and it kind of even caught my attention because they didn't say what it was at first. And then it comes out, it's about putting nukes in space. But this has been going on for years. They've speculated for years that Russia has been thinking about doing this, these absolute years. Now, I've got a theory on this, and I want to cover it here. We're going to take a quick break on the Eldonzo and D show, and I'm going to tell you guys what I really think is going on with Mike Turner freaking out about space nukes from Russia. We'll be right back. 
Hey, welcome back to the El Donzo and D Show, coming at you from the Sky Hammer Studios. I'm El Donzo. I'm Dees. And before we get any uh, deeper into this uh, Russia nukes and space thing, how was your week, Dees? I forgot to ask you about that. Uh, the latter part of it's been okay, but I don't know what bug I had, but it, it put me down for a solid 10, 11 days. I started in basically a day or two after we recorded our last show, and then it just, like I said, wiped me out. And then once I physically felt fine, um, my my voice was just absolutely shot for an additional three or four days. Uh, best way I could describe it is I sounded like a uh, a wish version of Barry White. <laughs> what and what would that sound like? I, I can't even I, I can't even emulate it right now. But just <laughs> the, real deep and scratchy without the sexy. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> real deep and sexy, scratchy. Or real deep and scratchy yeah, without w- the sexy. Without the sexy, yeah. All right, so we talked in the last segment about this thing with Mike Turner, of course, trying to get this $95 billion aid package uh, passed, which is which came out in the wash. $60 billion for Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, $9 billion for Gaza, and $5 billion for the Indo-Pacific. Okay? Now, the Senate passed this. The House is not going to pass it. They know the House isn't going to pass it. So they came out, and Mike Turner raised this alarm. Uh, he, he, I guess he, I, th- I think this was on X. I don't know. It's uh, United States has told Congress and allies in Europe about new intelligence related to Russia nuclear capabilities that could pose an international threat. The new capabilities related to Russian attempts to develop a space-based weapon do not pose an urgent threat to the United States, source said. The intelligence came to light after Representative Mike Turner, Republican chair of the U.S. House of Representatives Intelligence Committee, issued an unusual and cryptic statement last Wednesday warning of a serious national security threat. He said, I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Now, everybody freaked out and started grabbing their asses over this. I even read this, that he said this, and I'm like, what, what the hell's going on? We know we're, you know, fighting a proxy war with Russia right now. We have everything going on with, between Iran and Israel, uh, everything with China and Taiwan. In my mind, it's like, at some point, somebody's going to strike here. Somebody's going to do something. Maybe this is it. Turns out, it's a nothing burger. I believe that Mike Turner and the Democrats and the Rhinos just want to push this through to get not only American support, but support in the House of Representatives to get this bill passed. The timing was awful odd with it. Now, what I will say is I don't think that there's any threat of nuclear war from this. The, the theory was they would put a nuke in space, either a nuke, nuclear warhead, or a nuclear-powered weapon to take out satellites. And there's a lot of him hawing around about how this would work. A lot of people say that if they did use a nuke in space, that not only would it take out United States satellites, which would ultimately make us blind, deaf, and dumb, it would cripple us, so they could launch a first strike attack. They say that it would also take out Chinese and Russian satellites, too. Now, that I don't know. I can tell you this, though. After doing some digging, this has been looked at by the Russians for at least two decades. They've been looking into this. This is not new news. They have not launched anything into space. They do not have a nuke in space at the moment. 
of course, the Russians are denying it, like they always do. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I don't trust the Russians any more than I trust our country. What this may do, in my mind, is provoke Russia to take bigger leaps and strides on the nuclear front. Now, it was just after that we launched more satellites using SpaceX. Uh, it was just a day or two after this. We did another launch of satellites up into space. I don't know what this is going to cause the Russians to do. But I can tell you this much right now. With everything going on, and us talking about nuclear warheads or nuclear warheads in space or nuclear war, it's getting everybody together and everybody's getting on a razor's edge with this. Now, the Deputy Secretary of Russia's Security Council, Mikhail Popov, I don't know if you got a chance to read this, did you? I don't believe so. He said factors, and, and folks, I want to list, I want you to listen to this because this is very important. Because going back 40, 50 years, we've had so many close brushes with nuclear war over misunderstandings, over simple misunderstandings, over accidents. Somebody dropped a wrench into a nuclear silo back in, I think it was 82 or 83, and somehow it armed the nuke and launched it. Now, thankfully, it came out of the silo. This is probably, I think it was Wyoming. I mean, don't quote me. I don't have it in front of me, the the state this happened in. And it fell to the ground, and it didn't detonate. And then there was another uh, time, I think it was in the late 80s, early 90s, that Russia actually believed, and I've talked about this before, that we had fired five nuclear missiles at Russia. And it turns out it was sunlight reflection off of clouds. And everything in the in the Russians' defense was telling them to launch counter-strikes. I remember you talking about this before. Yeah, and, and the one guy that was watching this happen that, that was in control of it decided he was going to wait because he didn't think it was right. So we've, we've come so close so many times to this. So Mikhail Popov, Popov uh, noted Joe Biden's health issues. And he said it could trigger a nuclear conflict by accident. Let's look at this. Lloyd Austin, 70. He was admitted to the critical care unit at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center on Sunday for symptoms of an emergent bladder issue and has since been discharged, the Pentagon said, adding that the issue was unrelated to his earlier prostate cancer diagnosis. So Lloyd Austin, health-wise, is, is for sticks. He's not doing very good. It's Secretary of Defense right there. Mm-hmm. All right. Our commander in chief doesn't know where he's at. I mean, if you want to, when it comes down to Joe, Joe Biden, if an adversary really wanted to take him out, all they'd have to do is parachute in steps and stairs around the White House. <laughs> and that would kill him. Did you see this? He almost biffed yep. it again. Yep. Joe Biden almost biffed it again going up the short stairs of Air Force One. Of course, there's no audio for it, so we can't show you the video. But twice going up those, how many steps has that got to be? What, 12 or 13 steps he had yeah, to walk up? it's not many. I mean, Helen Keller could navigate those steps okay. <laughs> That's how bad it is. So anyway, you've got President Biden, who's 81. He doesn't know where he's at. Um, you've got Lloyd Austin, who is MIA half the time, doesn't even tell the commander-in-chief about it. We are defenseless right now, not to mention the fact everybody coming in across the southern border. Now, Mikhail Popov did talk about Robert Hurd's report released on February 8th that described Biden's memory as hazy, fuzzy, faulty, and poor, and having significant limitations. What he is saying 
is this guy has his finger on the big red button. Joe Biden does. And I agree with Mikhail Popov on this. It's really easy when you get to this point in world escalation of war, which is where we're at right now, for somebody to make a really, really damn bad decision. What do you think, Dees? Yeah, that again, this all points back to my theory slash prediction uh, that, that he's going to be gone, that it, not gone before his term unless deemed absolutely necessary. But I, I don't. He's not running. I just I feel like something's going to pop off here. Uh, his own people are turning against him. Did you happen to catch John Stewart on The Daily Show? I did not fill me in. Um, it felt like old times. Okay. I, I did not watch this week's. I, I honestly forgot and have been in such the habit of not watching it because it's been trash. And he's only hosting on Mondays. Um, but it was really good. And yes, he attacked Trump. But he was no lighter on Biden. And, and the fact that, you know, we got these two guys who are, are going to set the record as being the oldest men to oppose each other in a presidential race. And they would be breaking the record that they set four years ago. Like he's basically saying, get both of these old guys out of here. Uh, yeah, he was not kind to either side, which like I said, brought me back to back in the day when the show was actually watchable. Uh, obviously, yes, he still leans left, but... I think he, leans he, is, is a bit of well, an understatement. Yeah, there. no, he's yeah. a liberal for sure. Um, but he is, he's like a lot of people. He understands that this guy's got to go regardless, you know, they, and I think that's what's going to happen. And it, it's scary that, like you said, uh, he's got his finger on the button. Like, this is the leader of the free world that half the time doesn't know his name. Yeah, and it, it is actually very scary. Now, the, the liberals, and I want to say this, the reason Jon Stewart is kind of riding the fence on this is they see the polls that have come out, okay? You've got a lot of independents. I think it's 40% of ind independent support for Trump right now. Uh, or Actually, it's more than that. And then you've got the black support. You've got well, the minorities. You've also got the 19 to 35-year-old support, which is swinging for Trump. They can come out and say all the liberal stuff they want to. But let's face it, at the end of the day, The Daily Show is all about ratings, right? Comedy Central's all about ratings. Yeah, that's that's why they brought him back. And I think, what was it, Trevor Noah, right? It was horrible. It was yes. horrible. And I think so many independents probably tuned out from Trevor Noah. They had to have seen a huge decrease since Trump got into office. Would you agree with that? As far as their ratings? and yeah. Oh, the, the decrease started almost instantly after Noah took over. He was so <coughs> one-sided, but especially yeah. you throw the Trump factor into it. I mean, it's it's one of those things to where you got to be cognizant of your listeners. You got to, like somebody said before that I knew, know your audience. Yep. And I think that's probably what Jon Stewart's uh, trying to do. And of course, Jon Stewart, if he's going to, he's not making a comeback, but he, he is coming back, you think, for the election year. And I think he's doing that for a reason. He wants to make himself look good. Yeah. And that's the way to do it. All right, this is the Eldonzo and D Show. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back at you coming from the Skyhammer Studio.
Hey, welcome back to the El Donzo and D Show. Coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios. I'm El Donzo. I'm Dees. And uh, on the last segment, we were talking about the very exciting topic of nuclear war and all the possibilities that could go awry with it. Now, this is a story I want to get into. Supposedly, Joe Biden turned down an offer from uh, Vladimir Putin in 2023 to have a ceasefire in Ukraine. Did you know about this? I read that. Yeah, I read the headline. Okay. Putin's proposal was to actually freeze the war along the current lines, which includes areas of Ukraine that Vladimir Putin had taken. Now, you and I both know, and we've discussed this ad nauseum on the show, that I don't see any way that Ukraine is going to win this war. Do you? No. It, it almost goes from implausibility to impossibility at this point. I think that the only way, and I've said this before, I think the only chance that Ukraine has is to go into a full-fledged, is to get us involved, the West, NATO, America, involved in a full-fledged World War III. So this is what happened with this. Now, I'm going to get to a part of the story and people are going to go, well, that kind of makes sense. No, it doesn't. I'm going to tell you why. So this is back in 2023. He, 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 he got a hold of Washington, said this is what he'll do, and they said no. And then they said, well, wait a minute. We're not going to talk about a ceasefire without Ukraine. And that was a no-starter for Russia. Now, a lot of people would say, okay, well, Ukraine is a country they invaded, so why don't they want to talk to Ukraine? I'll tell you why, because Ukraine... Even though they're dying for the war, they're not fighting the war. The United States is fighting this war. If it wasn't for us, Ukraine would have been gone two years ago. Mm -hmm. There would be no chance that Ukraine would still be standing. All these people are dying, not just Ukrainians, but Russians. Russians, that probably a lot of them don't want to go and fight this war. People are dying left and right. There's almost nothing left of Ukraine. And then here comes Joe Biden and, and Jake Sullivan pushing out their chest and the CIA, Bill Burns, and Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, going, well, if we don't get what we want, we're not going to do this. You know, at what point is Vladimir Putin going to go tell him to F off? I mean, how great would that have been if Russia had the Donbass, had their Crimea region, and said, okay, we're willing to discuss a ceasefire right now and get these talks going. And the Pentagon goes, well, we'll only do it if you meet these extreme and fantastical criteria, which they know they're not going to meet. There were so many times, we talked about Boris Johnson too. Boris Johnson went over there at the beginning of the war when there was going to be a peace agreement between Putin and Zelensky and told Zelensky, if you sign this, we're done with you. Don't do it. Don't do it. There was, doesn't that make you wonder what in the hell these people are thinking? What is their long game? There's got to be a long game. We say that, and I've said that before. You know, I've seen people make stupid decisions, high up people, people in power, and I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, Eldonzo, now wait. There's got to be a reason they're doing this. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes they're just stupid. And this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. The dumbest, hands down, the dumbest thing is if we don't stop him now, he'll go into the Baltics. Why in the hell do they want to go into the Baltics? Who said they wanted to go into the Baltics? That's just another reason to get the industrial war machine churning and get money lying in their coffers' pockets. 
That's all this is. That and Ukraine has dirt on the Bidens. If you go back to the, well, son of a bitch, they fired the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. All right? There's, some, there's a tangled web. Oh, the tangled web we weave. There's a lot going on with this right now. And when they come out and they, you know, Mikhail Popov, like we talked about in the last segment, mentioned accidental nuclear war. Do you remember back, it was September 10th, where Joe Biden was talking about he's more concerned about climate change. I'm going to play this clip for everybody. I want you to listen to this. This is the leader of our country. All right. Talking about what keeps him up at night, what scares him the most. I want everybody to listen to this, and I want you to think why there would be any reason for us, for for the rest of the world to go, well, there's nuclear war is inevitable. I'm going to play this for you. Let me pull this up real quick. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. We played it before, and we'll play it again. Roll clip. And the only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. It'd be real trouble. There's no way back from that. Really? There's no way back? I can tell you one thing that's not going to happen. We're not going to change the, the Earth's temperature. This guy said the wor- it would be worse than nuclear war. That's pretty much what he just said. Climate change is worse than nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Well, so what's the stopping from hitting the button, D's? He's got, he's got climate change to worry about, right? Right. Yeah, you, you, we can't come back from, uh, from that, but we can obviously come back from nuclear war. They need a 25th Amendment, this guy's ass, and get him out of there. And you know what? Actually, it was impressive when he said that because he almost sounded half cognizant. He did. He, he, he could actually put a sentence together, but it's not the sentence anybody wants to hear. I'm sorry. I would take, uh, you know, 60-degree winters in Illinois over nuclear war, wouldn't you, Dees? Well, that's kind of what we're getting right now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah quickly. I'm, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. If you go back, and I had to tell somebody this, if you go back 5 million years, it's another thing we've talked about. I brought this up to many people. If you go back 5 million years, you see that the Earth goes into a cooling phase, and it goes into a heating phase, and it goes into a cooling phase. About every 600,000 years, it happens on a massive scale. It actually goes into more warming and cooling phases more frequently than that, but it happens. We haven't even scratched with the Industrial Revolution the the CO2 levels and everything that it was a million years ago. We haven't even scratched it. What the hell is everybody worried about? This guy's obviously not worried about nuclear war. He's worried about something that he cannot control unless you take this green energy initiative in. Did you just see? So we're based out of, out of central Illinois and we have Rivian the biggest fart in the wind when it comes to automobile manufacturers. I don't know, Deez, what do you think about all this traffic we get from Rivian now? Oh, it sucks, but it's no different than when it was a Mitsubishi plant. No, no, it's no different than Mitsubishi, but I'll tell you one thing. They're not making very good automobiles. They just laid off 10% of their salaried workforce. I saw that. Yeah. They can't figure, well, you know, economic times and this and that. Well, gee, R.J. Scaringe, you're a liberal you come from California, we're going to bring your liberal policies in here. Your liberal policies are working. That's why you had to lay off 10% of your salaried workforce. That's why times are tough. That's why nobody's paying $80,000 
for any of your damn cars. Mm-hmm. Now, factor that in with also what went on during the wintertime, which you saw lines of cars you know, up in the big cities during this deep freeze we had that wouldn't run. They finally get them up there. The people that did get to a charging station, the car wouldn't hold a charge. Look at how much we're paying for this. So it's just, it boggles my mind when people come out and they complain about the economy. They complain about the price of groceries, or as Joe Biden would call it, shrinkflation, which shrinkflation happens. Okay, that's a that's a marketing technique. They get a bigger bag for the same amount of chips and charge you more money. I get it, but they got to do what they got to do because you, you go in there, you, you go buy a beef stick for three bucks, an iced tea for three bucks, a 16... A, 16 ounce Pepsi was $3.59 or $2.59 without tax at the local gas station. Jeez. And these liberals keep voting for this and they keep going, well, I don't know why it's like this. Well, you know, due to the economy, you're voting for it, you ignorant a holes. You're doing this. You're putting these people in power that are making these decisions. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, did you hear about the FBI raid on Trump? Another one? No. No, it's an update. It turns out that the FBI was looking for the secret binder that revealed Obama's CIA and foreign allies' roles in Russian collusion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did see that headline, yeah. The whole point of them going in there and making this big fandango out of going to Mar-a-Lago and going through Melania's panty drawer which i'd have probably done too i mean if i was an agent i don't want to get a peek at those things what about you yeah yeah i mean we're men you know we're human beings i mean i would like to see those take them home sniff them no i'm just kidding i've never sniffed panties in my life i've never done that then i'm going to say on the radio anyway uh so this was all about going down there and getting this binder that Trump wanted to release in the first place to prove what he was saying remember when he said this was all a hoax and obama was in on it and, you know, the steel dossier, and everybody laughed at him. Guess what? It was true. That's what they were going down there for, D's. Not at all surprised. So when somebody says, well, Vladimir Putin, you know, imprisoned one of his opponents, that's just terrible. Look what's going on here. Speaking of what's going on here, this is the Eldonzo and D show. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to the El Donzo and D show coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios. I'm El Donzo. I'm D's. Well, that was kind of a quiet one, wasn't it? I had a I'm D's. Lung full there. Had a lung full. Had a lung full of that vape, didn't you? That mm-hmm. grape stuff. Oh, give me some of that grape stuff. All right. One thing I wanted to get out of the way real quick before we go into some poll numbers and what's going on with Trump and Haley and South Carolina and all this other bull sticks. People are freaking out, and of course the left is taking a running with it, that Trump pretty much said he doesn't give a damn what Russia does to NATO countries who don't pay their fair share. Okay, and this was just the past Saturday in Conway, South Carolina. He was telling this story, and this is what he said. He goes, well, sir, somebody, one of the NATO country leaders said this to him. 
Well, sir, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? Trump responds, I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent? And the guy goes, yes, let's say that happened. Trump goes, no, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage Russia to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. Now, a lot of people came out and said that this is really bad for NATO and this is bad for our country and how the hell can you do this? I'm going to tell you right now. When it comes to paying a percentage of their GDP, America is second. I believe it's behind Poland. And we're like at 3.49%. We've got, and and the agreement is NATO countries pay 2% of their GDP to NATO. Okay. There's countries paying 1.5, 1.7. And this was one of Trump's biggest things back when he was in office telling NATO, you got to pay your fair share. Why in the hell? If there's, they have to motivate these people to do it. I kind of agree with Trump on this. You want to be part of the big boys club, but you don't want to pay? I mean, really? Right. You think you're going to waltz on in here and do this? What the hell do you think Ukraine would do if they became part of Ukraine? Or if Ukraine became part of NATO? Probably the same thing. We want to join your club, but we don't want to pay the prices. Why are we footing the bill for all of this? What the hell do they do for us? Really, think about these countries that are not paying their fair share into NATO. What in the hell are they going to do for us? Nothing. Not a damn thing. So, personally, and I want to know your opinion on this, when we're in a group, we're, we got this little club, this clique going on, we're all in it, you know, all for one and, all, and one for all, and you got people that are not contributing, how would you feel about that, Dees? That's uh, the same way I feel now. It, it sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It's like doing a school project and you got, you know, a couple of jagoffs that don't pull their weight. It's exactly and they get credit for the A. Perfect. Perfect analogy. That's exactly what's going on right now. You got one of these countries, let's say Russia did go into it, and all they did was push back on America, push back on Trump, push back on us. We got to remember something. The money that's going over into NATO is our tax dollars, just like anything else. That's our money being spent. So, yeah, you the same should apply for them. 2%. 2% across the board. Mm-hmm. We pay more. That's okay. We're not going to hold everybody to that standard. But everybody should pay the minimum 2%. If you want to be in the club, you got to play by the rules. That's, that's my thing to it. And we need somebody that's going to step up to the other countries that are in this club, this specialized club, and say, hey, look, we don't give a damn what they do to you. You didn't pay. No, we're not going to get into Article 5 with you. I don't see anything wrong with that. Personally, that's just me, though. But I bet there's a lot of pissed-off taxpayers right now that would agree with me on that. If they're not, they should be. Well, I'll tell you what. This just came out. Uh, This was just last week. Uh, 11 out of 13 independents. Okay, and I initially rattled off 40% of independents. I was wrong. It's way higher than that earlier in the show. Uh, Ranging from 22 to 64 years old. 11 out of 13 Due to the rising cost of groceries, other bills, the economy are leaning towards President Trump. 11 out of how many? 13. 13, okay. Yeah, are leaning towards Trump in the election. This this goes back to the thing I said. It doesn't matter about trans rights or illegal crossings or how bad you feel about somebody or abortion. It doesn't matter about gay marriage. It do, none of the stuff matters. To people when they can't afford to feed their families. 
They may have the biggest bleeding heart in the world. They may be the biggest bleeding heart liberal you've ever met in your life. When you can't pay your bills, when credit card interest rates are 30%, when it costs you just hit 7% mortgage rates right now for a 30-year mortgage to buy a home, on top of the inflation now that you're paying for a home, people don't give a damn. It's it's, uh, Carville. Uh, What's his name? Um, James Carville. James Carville. James Carville said it best. It's the economy, stupid. Now, that's one thing he said that was smart. He says a lot of stupid things. But every now and again, you know what I say, a blind squirrel gets a nut. And James Carville always had that, and he was always right. It's the economy. How much does it cost to fill up your tank? How much does it cost to go to work? Groceries. When I had a family of four, when the kids were young and everything, a family of four, I would give my wife $150 a week. Okay, $150 a week, bought all the groceries, the toilet paper, everything, the, the laundry detergent, you name it, bought every, 150 a week. When I go out, I live by myself now, when I go out and I buy my groceries, at a minimum, it's 120 a week just for me. Oh, easily, yeah. Just for me. That would be, if you equate it, 480 bucks a week now. That's almost, what, $2,000 a month. It's just abysmal people are sick and tired of this now nbc poll this is of course from february 4th i just saw it this is damning as well trump is up 17 points over biden with whites it's pretty good trump is up one percent over biden with hispanics he's running away with the hispanic vote as a republican as a conservative Biden stands at 59% with black support right now. He had 90% in 2020. Hmm. 90%. That means Donald Trump is at a historic, if this turns out to be true, we'll see on election day, 41%. No other conservative or Republican candidate's ever gotten that. And Trump is up 19% over Biden. Over, which is nearly 70% with independents. So you tell me Bidenomics is getting it done? I think that's the farthest thing that we can imagine. Bidenomics. Kiss my ass, Bidenomics. How's Bidenomics feel on you right now? Probably doesn't feel good. This is the Eldonzo and D Show. We'll be right back here, coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios. Welcome back to our number two of the Eldonzo and D's show. I'm Eldonzo. I am D's. And I would like to take this time to remind you, check out all of our socials. Of course, you can find us on facebook.com slash Eldonzo D's over on X at Eldonzo D's. And we have our very own website now. It is eldonzod's.com. And you can find links to all our socials, including the most important of all, our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Ds. if you want to look at our dumb faces. And if you just want to hear us on Spotify and everywhere else you get your podcasts, that's fine too. But check us out. All right, yeah. Make sure and check us out. Uh, I want to talk about this 
this New York thing with Judge Arthur Ingeron, Ingeron, moron, whatever the hell his name is, they ordered Trump to pay $355 million in fines. And they pretty much took his business. He couldn't hold elective office. I think it was in New York for three years and all this other stuff. Couldn't do business in New York anymore. Because, do you know why, do you know why this is? Hmm. Because he took business loans and repay, repaid those loans on time with interest. Well, he's a horrible, horrible human being. He's obviously something, isn't he? So what Trump did, and uh, we talked about this when this was flaring up, Donald Trump, of course, businessman, and he goes and gets a loan. To get a loan, you have to put up what? Collateral. So he said, hey, my buildings are worth this, this building this, blah, 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 blah. They puts it up, and the banks go, okay, yeah, looks good to me. Here's the money. Trump takes the money, and he goes and does whatever venture he wants to do, and then he pays the loan back and pays it back with interest, and the banks are happy. He's happy. Everybody's happy, happy, happy. As he used to say on, what was that show with the, the rednecks? Oh, Duck Commander. Um, what was the name of that show with the guys? Oh, the Robertsons, they all had the beards? Yeah. Yeah, Cy, Uncle Duck, Cy. Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty, yeah. Everybody go be happy, happy, happy. Well, everybody was happy, happy, happy. Everybody was good to go. All right? Everybody's cooking with Crisco. Well, Atisha James got a hold of this. She did enough digging. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Well, she finally did it, and then she got Arthur Ingeron, the judge, who's a lefty, a weirdo. I guess there was some, some news story. Ingeron was Ingeron was banging a, a fellow council member. I, I don't know. I didn't. I looked at the story, couldn't decipher it. But he's got some shady going on too. Some shady stuff going on too. Uh, anyway, it came down three hundred fifty-five million. Donald Trump is going to have to pay because he paid back his loans on time. A victimless clump a victimless crime. Um, did you see the truck drivers protesting going in and out into New York city? No. Yes. Truck drivers now are protesting, taking loads to New York city. And now there's a lot of business people in New York, since you can be prosecuted for being doing business in New York based upon your politics that are now pulling out. I think, and reports are showing now statistics and what's going on. That this is probably going to harm New York pretty bad business-wise. Because people are going, look, why would I want to go do work here with my politics when I know they can form a witch hunt and go after me for this? Right. That's $355 million for nothing. They just ordered, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even extend it. They told him, you, Arthur, Arthur Ingeron, the judge, told him you have to pay it now. He has to go out and take loans to pay these fines for, for what? What was the damages? When no banks will come forward, no banks will get involved with this. This is all speculative. If I say my house is worth 500000 if I go to a bank and take out a loan and say, hey, I need uh, $350,000. They say, what's your collateral? I say, my house. Now, how much is your house worth? I say $500,000. The bank has two options at that point. They can either look at it, look at your real estate, your portfolio, and say, okay, yeah, it's worth $500,000. Or you know what they can say? No. No, it's not. We need we need to appraise it. And they can come in and bring an appraiser, and you can have an appraiser come in. I had a business. I, I had to go to the bank and pitch this to them. I had to do this. That's how that works. The banks went, okay, yeah, everything looks good. Gave them the loan. And then Letitia James comes out 
and says, well, we, we think he inflated it, insurance fraud. What was the insurance fraud? There was no fraud perpetrated. He didn't defraud anybody. No, I would think it would be fraud if he actually had a claim. Exactly. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this right now. It's not fraud if I go and take a $5 million loan out from a bank for a business venture and they ask me, what's your stuff worth? And I say, it's worth this. And they go, okay, yeah, we believe you. Even if it's not worth that. In my mind, it's worth it. If you don't think it's worth that, then you go ahead and you have the appraisal done. They didn't do that. They didn't have a need to do that. So this witch hunt thing is the reason I brought that up is it's news. He's going to have to pay it immediately. Even I think it's prior to appeals. I'm not a lawyer, but I'll tell you who also is not a lawyer. And that's Fannie Willis. She's God awful. Have you been following this D's? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. So Fannie Willis is now on the hot seat. They're looking to disqualify her. Even MSNB, MSNBC came out and said she's over because... Let me pull this story up real quick. Y- you know, this is... You, you have to look at the screen right now. I have to look at the screen right now? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> I see it. Call of, If you're watching on YouTube, he had to tell me about it. Call of Booty, Modern Warfare, and it's a... Uh, uh, Picture of Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis, Call of Booty, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So where she really messed up was, of course, she just lies all the time. This is, you know what, they, they before we get to the story, this is their one chance to get Trump, their one chance to actually keep him, to make him a foul, to really just knock him down with this whole trying to steal the election stuff in Georgia. And they got Fannie Willis. They didn't research this. It's not like they got together and picked the best of the best here. Fannie Willis? She was having an affair with her chief prosecutor, Nathan Wade, and paid him over $650,000 a year. $250 an hour. Sometimes he was billing her for 24 hours straight. You know what he was doing while he was billing her 24 hours straight? Banging her like a screen door in a hurricane. Like a screen door in a hurricane. And all this fooly monkey shines comes out now that they were taking trips and he was paying for it, but she was reimbursing him, reimbursing him with cash. So there's no paper trail on that. And then she goes into this thing about Grey Goose and he likes wine, but I like Grey Goose. She's on the stand. She just won't shut her mouth. She's getting cocky with everybody. She had a $4,600 tax lien against her. I don't know if you heard about this or not. She had a $4,600 tax lien against her. She couldn't pay, but she was paying him back and all this cash. And the gal questioning her, asked her about it. She's like, well, are you going to tell me what to do with my money? Well, you're telling Donald Trump what to do with his money. You're filing a RICO case against him. Right. Well, this goes both ways, Fanny. Meanwhile, Nathan Wade, I guess he got popped. They. So here's the thing. This is what really got him. A lot of things did her in, but this was the biggest one. She claims that she didn't start the relationship with them or they didn't have the relationship until 2021. There was no romantic relationship in 2021 between the two of them. Well, her former friend, Robert Yerdy, uh, says she has no doubt that Willis and the prosecutor, Nathan Wade had a romantic relationship in 2019. So what Fannie Willis did was she hired Nathan Wade to prosecute Donald Trump. She hired the guy she was screwing and he sent her a bill and she paid it. She convinced the state to pay it. So the state of Georgia, the county of Fulton, is on the hook for this. For what? 
you're going after Trump on a RICO case. You've got a RICO case of your own going on right here. Yeah. You're going out there. You're paying this guy $650,000 a year. He's taking you on vacations. You're laundering money at that point. Then you say, why well, paying him back? Where are the receipts? Why well, paying him back in cash? They talked about going to a wine bar on vacation. Go to a wine bar and pay cash. But you, Nobody you, does that. You get your American Express Platinum card out and pay for that stuff. You saw the latest, right, with the cell phone? Oh, yeah. I got that pulled up right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They uh, did geo... What was that? What's that called? Geolocating? Yeah, with it basically tracking your cell phone by the chips inside of it. Yeah, there, there it is. Gateway Pundit. According to a breaking report by Atlanta Journal-Constitution, that's a far-left rag, too. Uh, authorities geotracked Nathan Wade and found that Nathan Wade made at least 35 visits to Fannie's neighborhood before he was hired as the lead prosecutor in the RICO case against Trump and 18 Trump associates. He was going there and diddling her every night. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some other, you know, choice tale in that particular neighborhood. No. No. I know. It's a joke. Yes. Yeah, I'm was, sure there is. I'm sure there's some other some crack whores there he could be going and banging. Yeah. But Fannie Willis was n- number one. He was he was tapping that far before they they claimed, which is disgusting. You know, Fannie Willis should know. And this is the thing: it goes back to how stupid the Democrats are. Fannie Willis should have, if she was, she's in a position. She is prosecuting the 45th president of the United States of America. She is their last hope. Their last beacon of hope, folks. And she didn't have the common intelligence to go, wait a minute, this is, hey, Nathan, dude, you can't do this, man. They're going to catch us. She, at a minimum, should have, A, before this started, went in and told the judge. In camera, should have told the judge, I'm having an affair with this guy. We can't have him. Or even if she was telling the truth and it started, she should have went in and said, hey, look, I started having an affair with this guy. I started seeing this guy. What do you think? Is this okay? And it should have been up to the judge. None of that ever happened. This is, if you want to go back to, I've got something outlined here. And I want to pull this up. To all the time, it's like Donald Trump has a magical way of just getting the worst people, the dumbest people in the world to go after him. We're going to talk about that when you come back here on the El Donzo and D show coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios. Hey, welcome back to the El Donzo and D Show, coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios. I'm El Donzo. I'm Dees. In the last segment, we were talking about the Fooly Monkey Shines with Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade. And, you know, it just blows my mind that Donald Trump has the ability to get anybody that's going after him to almost completely just implode on themselves. We have Alvin Bragg who everybody's rallying, you know, rallying against him because he's so lax on crime, but yet he's going after Donald Trump, who's a Manhattan district attorney. We have Michael Cohen, who pretty much cried and begged not to go to jail 
and uh, he went to jail and lost his law license. All these FBI officials from this Russian investigation BS uh, that were forced out of the DOJ, James Comey, uh, who removed FBI material after Trump fired him, gave it to a friend who leaked it to the press, and all these other guys. You've got New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, of course, attacked Trump for treatment of women, but then he was forced out for sexual harassment. Michael Avenatti, the porn star lawyer, of course, he was sent to a long sentenced to a long prison term for fraud and other crimes, also defrauding Stormy Daniels. Then you've got Robert Menendez, a Democratic senator from New Jersey, who voted to uh, voted for Trump to be convicted in the Senate. Of course, he's now under indictment for corruption. Of course, comedian Kathy Griffin, which is, do you hear anything about Kathy Griffin anymore? Uh, she, no. She's going to have an OnlyFans. Somebody else has an OnlyFans, too, we're going to talk about here later. But, I mean, I don't know what the hell Kathy Griffin, nobody will watch it. I wouldn't watch Kathy Griffin naked if somebody put a gun to my head, to be honest. I mean, maybe 25 years ago when she was remotely, like, I've never thought she was like, oh, she's hot. But, I mean, she was cute-ish, like, way back when she was on Seinfeld. And then she opened her mouth and was extremely annoying. But, but yeah, now she uh, looks like a 32-year-old catcher's mitt. That's a good way to put it. She's she's how old is she? By the way, how old is uh, Kathy? I don't even know. I Kathy think Griffin. she's probably she's got to be pushing. I'd say mid mid fifties, early sixties. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. There's a reason, and I said I would get into this about the uh, the illegal immigration. There's a reason. Sixty three. Six. Kathy Griff, Griffin, sixty three. Yeah. She doesn't look a day over seventy eight. Um. Right. This illegal immigration thing. So back in uh, January 2021, when right after Biden took office, he signed an executive order requiring that the U.S. Census Bureau factor in all residents, including non-citizens, as part of its calculation of the U.S. population. There's a reason he did this, and there, there's a reason these borders are open. That reason is... The more people you have that you count in the census, the more seats you have in the House. You have to create them. So according to the Federation for American Immigration Reform, there are an estimated 16.8 million illegal immigrants living in the U.S. as of June of last year, 2023. Because every House seat represents 761,000 residents on average, the total number of illegal immigrants account for roughly 22 seats in the House. So what the hell do you think is going on here? Of course, states with more House seats affects the Electoral College. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they're bringing in all these people? There's a couple of reasons for this. Why do, why do you think, though, Dees? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call you out right now put the spotlight on you. What do you think is going on? Well, it's extra votes. It's, again, extra house seats. Because where are most of these illegals being shipped to? Sanctuary cities. Mm -hmm. And they are predominantly what? Liberal. Exactly. So they're padding their house seats with this. Not only that, but we also talked about this as well. Actual votes. When you go to, not national, but when you go to local government, government and city government, 
they are passing bills to allow these people to vote. And if that doesn't work, that's okay. They go there, they give them driver's licenses. And then when they go to renew it, they say, or do you want to vote? They say, yeah, and they don't even check it. So now you've got illegals voting. Now, that's not the only reason this is bad, okay? There's a whole lot of reasons this is bad. And we're not even talking about, when I talk about illegals coming across the border, uh, Hispanics is a very small number of that. That's like, in my mind, that's like the smallest thing right now. That's a part of it. Don't get me wrong. But there's a sheriff's report now that there is over 2 million terrorists in our country that have come across that southern border, Ds. 2 million terrorists. Hamas and Hezbollah has been here since the 80s and 90s, respectively. These people are here. We're catching them every day. What about the ones we don't catch? Not to mention the fact, I want to bring this up as well, Customs and Border Patrol encountered 57,000 foreign nationals from Russia between October 1st, 2022 and September 30th, 2023. 57,000 Russian foreign nationals. That's 20,000 more than the previous year, 2021. In the same time period, 52,000 Chinese nationals were encountered on America's borders and ports of entry, nearly 25,000 more than then during fiscal year 2022. Excuse me. We have, let's just do this right now. Let's talk about the ones coming from overseas. 5.4 million Chinese nationals in the country, not counting the almost 60,000 that have so far come over. They're coming through the Darien Gap in South America. Okay, they're flying into, what was it, Venezuela. What's I cannot remember the name of the country right now, but you don't have to have a visa to get in there. And they come up through the southern countries, and they come across the southern border, and they're in America now. And they have uh, Chinese Communist Party and uh, people's the PLAs, PLA ties, they're coming across the border. These are the people that want to take us out. They've got a small army here right now, and we're allowing them to come in. What's going to stop these people from getting $10,000 a year from the Chicoms to come over? I'm going to tell you something about China. China just doesn't let anybody get on a plane. They have to get on a plane to come over here. China keeps such a thumb on their, on their people, such a thumb on their citizens. I'm telling you, most of these people coming over here who are fighting age men, who don't have families, are coming over here for a reason. They're implanting them over here. Can you tell me another reason they'd be doing this? Now, I know some of them, wait, I'm going to interrupt you. I asked you a question, I'm going to interrupt you. I know a lot of them, a good chunk of them, probably want to get out of China and their draconian lockdowns and the way they are and the, the communist dictatorship. I get that. But why do you think a bulk of these people are coming over here into our country right now i mean intelligence is it intelligence or are they building an army here well that could be too <clears throat> i mean I, I would say a little column a little column b i would say column b quite a bit i mean think about that we have an open southern border why in the hell else if i'm gonna ask you a question if you wanted to see america America's demise. Okay. We've already got, we're pretty much on the brink of civil war right now. We've got four fronts at a minimum that we're looking at having a war with, a war on, or fighting a war on, four fronts. 
What better way to destabilize us? What if they do do an electromagnetic pulse weapon and take us out? I, this is what I would do. The first thing would be, let's get troops over there. Let's get them embedded in. Well, that's pretty hard to do. Now the southern border's open. Send them over here with $10,000 cash. Go out. You've got plenty of your countrymen that have already set up machine shops. They're building M4 rifles. Get body armor, M4 rifles. Get out there. Get planted in. Get six, month of, six months of food, six months of water, and just wait. Now, this is just a theory. I have no evidence on this. Okay, I don't want anybody to think that I'm pulling uh, numbers direct from reports here. It just makes too much sense. If you're going to do something to a country, get your people in there before you do it. Get them embedded in. That's just, damn it, that's what it awfully seems like. It just seems like that's what's going on. Meanwhile, we got Hamas sleeper cells. We've known about this for years. Southern border's wide open and we're still letting them come in. Now, on top of that, it gets even better. The United Nations has been given $60 million. In 2019, they gave $60 million to 29,000 migrants. That's over $2,000 per migrant in Latin America. And they doubled that in 2020 with plans to vastly increase it in the Americas during 2022 and beyond. The United Nations gets the bulk of their money from us, taxpayer dollars, our taxpayer dollars. The, the money that the government takes from you and I is going to the UN and going to these people to come across the southern border. How does USA, that make you feel? USA. Yeah, USA, USA, USA. I mean, yeah, it, it pisses me off. They, they get, go ahead. Well, just, we've got our own in the streets struggling and we're just handing cash out to people who shouldn't be here anyway. It's no, infuriating. And the, and the problem there's the problem is they're expecting it. Yeah. They're outright expecting it. Well, there's I mean, why a, wouldn't you? It, it, it's been going on. Why wouldn't you expect it? In Monterey, Mexico, this, uh, this is a story from Center for Immigration Studies, director of the country's largest immigration shelter. Uh, he's pretty pissed off because somebody came through complaining that they were only getting $300 a month from the UN on their debit card, and she wanted an increase. And he's like, what are you talking about? That's more money than most people in Mexico get in six months. 6,000 pesos. Anyway, this is the Eldonzo and D Show. We'll be right back. We're going to take a break right here from the Skyhammer Studios. Show coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios, not on Cities 92.9. I'm Eldonzo. I'm Dees. And uh, we're going to get into some fooly monkey shines here. Do you remember this chick named Rachel Dolezal? She was the... Uh, Name rings a bell. She was an N- NAACP chapter president. She got popped back in 2015. Uh, she, she portrayed herself as a black woman. Okay, yeah. Do you remember yeah, yeah. this chick? Yeah. She said she was black. She was African-American, NAACP. Uh-huh. Turns out she was white. She was white as a bed sheet. Okay. And she was just 
pretending to be black. And her parents pretty much confirmed it. They're like, no, she's white. She was like, uh, she was a wasp, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant from European, you know, European descent. She was white, white. She had blonde hair. All right. Now, if you look at this picture of her, she's got like kinky black hair, like, yeah. like African-American women do. Well, she was working for a school. Of course, after she got, got kicked out of the NAACP because she wasn't in black. Uh, she started working for Sunrise Drive Elementary School, and uh, she took on a new name, Nakechi Dialio. She was an after-school teacher, and uh, she reported making $19 an hour from her teaching job while also selling content on OnlyFans for $9.99 a month. Well, the story broke, and she got found out, and she got fired from the school. Now, if you go, there's, there she is playing with little kids. How can she pass as black? Look at her. <laughs> I mean, it looks like she's going to shrivel up in the sun. But anyway, and I'm showing Dee's a picture of this right now. There she is trying to act like a black woman. But that's her OnlyFans. And I actually checked that. I checked her OnlyFans out. Look at that forehead. I know. It's huge, right? That's not a forehead. That's a seven head, Dee. Yeah. That is a, that's maybe an eight head right there. But I checked out her uh, her OnlyFans. Well, I didn't I didn't subscribe to it, but I, yeah, I looked at it, and uh, interesting stuff. But uh, I find it interesting how many teachers end up on OnlyFans. I do too, and how many teachers are shocked when they get fired because well, they have an OnlyFans. It says account. A, for one, they they should probably pay teachers a little more if if they have to turn to OnlyFans. Okay, but but they right. have an agreement they sign with them. Some, yeah. So let me tell you something. I, I get what you're saying about maybe they should pay teachers a little bit more, but maybe somebody should look before they go and get a degree how much money they can get out of Yeah, because it hasn't changed. I mean, teachers have been uh, poorly paid for as long as I can remember. I mean, people teach because they want to teach. They don't teach to retire. You know, they don't, not, not to retire. They don't teach to become millionaires. If they want to do that, they better become politicians. Right. Let me drink this real it's funny though that like more often than not, when some story breaks about a teacher found out about got found out on OnlyFans, more times than not, like no law has been broken or or any cardinal sin. Although there was remember the one case where she was filming scenes in a classroom, that's bad. But uh, most of the time, it's oh you you make money on the side, you know, getting naked. Well, you you can't teach here, you're fired. When there was literally no crime committed nobody knew about it except for you know one one dad subscribed and the wife found out so she goes to school and tells on her and she gets fired but anyway yeah you sign an agreement <coughs> i mean that's how that goes but i agree like doing it in the classroom like that one chick that had her thing on uh on on twitter yeah that was her husband was coming in and pounding her in the classroom it's like but, 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 don't do that that's no different than the the two guys going at it the senate chamber Remember that? No, I think it's a lot different, but okay, it is. It's yeah, but yeah, same sport, different ballpark. There's a time and a place for it. All yeah, I'm yeah, saying. yeah, yeah. Turn your garage into like a makeshift classroom and pretend like they do in porn. Yeah, they have sets for that. Don't yeah, they? yeah. They're not going to an actual high Hotel school rooms. and banging it out. You know, no. no. But that, I mean, I guess that adds to the kink factor. I don't know. I'm not into that stuff. Uh, new curriculum being considered. North Carolina Police Academy will teach cops in training that there are 
68 different terms for gender identity. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Citizens looking to become police officers in the state of North Carolina will have to undergo training that instructs them to use gender-neutral terminology when speaking with the public and learn from an article on gender identity. North Carolina? North Carolina. I thought they were pretty pretty red. No? Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, it's pretty retarded, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah the there's that. 16, you can't even say that anymore, can we? Is well, it retarded I mean, like you can't say it's it? It's frowned upon, yeah. It's, fr- it's like what's well, not as bad as the N-word is. No. Or the F-word. Yeah. You can't even spell that out. People will be coming at us with torches and pitchforks. The 16-week basic law enforcement training offered to people over the age of 20 in North Carolina is likely to, likely to see significant changes in 2025 at the behest of the state's Department of Justice the Carolina Journal reported the DOJ's Justice Academy, which operates a program, has been working to rewrite course sections as part of the BLET 2025 project. The restructuring is being created by police sh- chiefs, sheriffs, lawyers, academics, and subject matter experts following a 2018 analysis. So if you want to be a cop in North Carolina, you're going to have to learn 68 different terms for gender identity. Now, I want to get to this story here real quick. And I got to tell you, folks, my dad sent me this story. And I, I read it, and I laughed at it, and I thought, there's no way this isn't real. And this was probably a month ago. Turns out it is real. This is the headline. Transgender woman loses bid to sue X for throwing out her surgically removed testicles. Quote, we're talking about my nuts. So this is what happened. Brianna Kingsley, 40, last year filed a small claims petition alleging her ex, William, I think it's Wojciechowski, uh, that he retains possession of my surgically extracted testicles preserved in a mason jar kept in the fridge next to the eggs. The Pontiac resident demanded the immediate return of her human remains specimen in her handwritten affidavit in addition to 6500 in damages. So what happens was this dude gets his balls removed and puts them in a mason jar because he thinks it's cute and puts them in their their communal fridge and then they break up and there's a police report filed. She goes back in and get he, she, why am I saying she? He Sometimes goes, you feel like a nut. Sometimes, sometimes you don't. don't. He goes back in and gets his stuff from his boyfriend and then months later decides that he wants those nuts he left in the fridge. His testicles. Give me back my balls. Yeah, exactly. So the guy's like, I threw him out. Th- this guy actually came to his senses. I don't know what senses he's got left, but his deal was he was tired of looking at him. It was disgusting. He threw him away. So now the dude's taking the boyfriend to court and saying she wants damages for her his nuts. I, I mean, I'm just so confused right now. Anyway, guy cuts off his nuts, puts him in the fridge, Moves out, boyfriend gets rid of said nuts, and now boyfriend is getting sued. I guess they threw the case out. Literally. Why would you keep... Why, if you got right your next testi- to his nuts. Threw the case out. Show us your nuts. If you, if you removed your testicles, why would you want to keep them? You don't want to talk about a bunch of damn weird. You know, just in case. Just in case. Well, you want to sew them back on? They've Maybe. already been in the fridge. Or, you know, it's a built-in excuse. You know, you sorry can, guys, I can't go out tonight. She's got my balls in her purse. No, he's got my balls in the fridge. Well, That's way. what it should be. This is just disgusting. 
What you got to be nuts in the first place to cut off your nuts. Second of all, you put them in the fridge next to the eggs. I thought that was a joke. I thought there's no there's no way this is real. It's real. This is what's happening. How about this one? Trans inmate who killed baby. This is a long one. Trans inmate who killed baby and identifies as a Muslim woman sues chaplain for allegedly not allowing a hijab to be worn. You know, the face coverings. It's a dude. All right. It's a dude. They killed his kid. It's a dude. Look at that. Look at that. Where? What's what he looking the at? What the hell is that? This guy's eye is going that way. I that wish looks like you up. after about 13, 14 beers there, lady. I, I, at least I'm 13, 14 <laughs> beers in. But look at that face. He, he identifies as a not. Muslim woman. Now, you know, it's a good thing he's actually not Muslim and in a Muslim country because they would take him out back and they'd stone him to death. Or behead him or both. Or, you know, whatever. He killed a baby. Just just do both of them. Make it, make it long and drawn out, too. Use small stones. Death by a thousand paper cuts. That's what Donald Arnold Schwarzenegger says. and Predator. Donald Schwarzenegger. You are one ugly mother. <laughs> Predator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Predator. One of my favorite movies. High school basketball player who identifies as girl accused of causing injuries in game. So this dude who stands about a foot and a half taller than the other chicks on the basketball team. This was in Massachusetts. Uh Knocked this gal down and caused injuries to her. Young lady. Did you hear about this? No. Because he identifies as a girl. Trans-identified male player for Kip Academy in Massachusetts. Injured three girls before halftime, causing Lowell Collegiate Charter School to forfeit. What the hell? Like I like to say, like El Dante likes to say. Launch the nukes. And we'll be right back. We're going to wrap up this show right after these commercial massages. Welcome back to the Sky Hammer Studios from the commercials that we no longer have because we're not on the radio anymore and Eldonzo's a dipshit. This is the Eldonzo and D show. I'm Eldonzo, <laughs> the dipstick. Uh, whatever. I'm D's. <clears throat> all right. So uh, as you all know, this is the last segment of the show. So we try to get into some of the funny, stupid, gross, all kinds of good stuff like that. Uh, but real quick, don't forget, check us out, eldonzods.com for all of our social links. And here we go. Play stupid games. Win stupid prizes. Colorado man dies after bitten from his pet Gila monster. Gila, uh, Gila, G- whatever G- it's called. Gila. Gila. Gila monster. Yes. Yeah. Colorado man. Colorado man I've got a monster in my pants and it does has died pants. after a bite from a large venomous lizard, one of the most venomous uh, reptiles out there. Uh, is it actually venomous or is it the bacteria in its mouth? I believe that the the gila is ven- actually venomous. Okay, all right, go ahead. Uh, Christopher Ward, age 34, owned two of the reptiles, became ill after being bitten on the hand by one of the animals in an incident report from the Lakewood Police. Uh, Ward's girlfriend called 911 just before midnight on February 12th after she entered the room where the reptiles were kept, found one of them had latched onto his hand. Uh, Ward immediately started showing symptoms, vomiting several times before he passed out, breathing stopped, 
And uh, yeah, Darwin mm-hmm. Award. Yeah, I mean there are there's a reason it's illegal to own things like this because Idiot. they are deadly and especially something that large because those things get pretty big. The only I think they're what the second largest lizard. They're like the size of a Doberman or something. Yeah, they get they? they get very huge. very big. I yeah. think the what is it the Komodo or whatever the hell it's called is the only lizard quote that that gets bigger than that. Uh, but yeah, they are extremely deadly, and uh, he, after round, found out. Uh, his name was Winston. <laughs> it might as well have been Wadsworth. Yeah, no, not the guy that died. The lizard was named Winston. Oh, and, oh, and the second Winston. one was named Potato. I don't know how you get that, but Potato, Potato. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, don't uh, don't keep Gia monsters as pets, folks, because shit gets bad. <laughs> okay, so imagine. Imagine all the You're people. online. You're talking to a, a, a hot babe, as Napoleon Dynamite would say. Grossly overrated movie, by the way. Um, Agreed. She tells you, hey, come over to my house. You know, I got this kink where I put a sheet up and, you know, just have my way with random men. And, you know, you're divorced and lonely and decide, all right, whatever. <laughs> and you go over there and, you know, you just, just can't take it anymore while it's happening you have to find out you know what she looks like you tear the sheet down and it's a dude oh no we should have had this on the last segment are you kidding me two separate occasions in 2020 tony's first two men into believing they were talking to women online invited them over to his toronto home to have anonymous sex through a hole in a sheet hanging in a doorway yeah the ruse came to an end when the second man pulled the sheet down to find Seifer cowering on the ground in a black wig. Was later arrested, sentenced to 28 months in prison, 14 for each account. Whoa, these guys admit this guy admitted this though that that he went over there, and the glory hole had a dude behind it. Is pretty much what you're telling me, right? Yeah, I I mean I would probably catch a case too because I. It would be extreme well, I would, but, assault. But I wouldn't call the cops and tell them I was just doing that. I would be like, uh, no, I'd probably I'd rearrange him, the dude's face. Yeah, I'd, I'd leave him in a bloody pool. And of course, I'd make sure that genitalia was no longer in an orifice before I started swinging. Because, yeah. So, yeah. Nasty yeah. boy, nasty boy. Be careful who you're talking to online, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, what, uh, who the hell... What, 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 Look, do you really have to give a disclaimer at this point? All these well, sickos out there. I mean, do you not pay attention to some of the stories that we read? Yeah, you, yeah, I you do, do yeah. need a disclaimer. Yes, you do. Uh, here we go. Another one. Florida man. A Florida man. Another Florida man story. All right, yeah. let's have it. Chops off a paraplegic friend's feet with a hatchet. In an insurance scam. This what were they acting out that scene of misery? I. I don't know how it went down, but they were trying to chopped off the feet in an insurance scam. Keep going. You you got me. This was actually, this took place in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, In Tory Thompson's two decades of law enforcement experience, he never encountered, or he had encountered his fair share of bizarre incidents. One particular case stood out as strange to his career. All began when a man attempted to cash in an insurance policy by orchestrating a gruesome farm equipment accident. In November... It was a cryptic press release to me. The incident involved a man in Willow Springs who had supposedly lost his feet in a staged mishap with a brush hog. So this guy volunteered to lose his feet. Yeah, but he was a paraplegic. So that he, quote, wouldn't feel it. 
and they attempted to defraud the insurance company. How drunk do you have to be sitting around the kitchen table to come up with a scheme like that? There's like, not enough bush lights. I'm tired I can think of doing of. this stuff, Tony. Let's just chop your feet off. Say the brush. Oh, gotcha. He's per. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, wow. paraplegic. So, like, you know, it's not like he's missing anything. Well, yeah, true. But yeah, yeah. you know, stem cell research is always hope. I mean, anything to make a buck, right? I guess so. All right, we got time for one more. There, D's. <clears throat> a doctors are shocked over a patient who shoved batteries into his penis, and then how three of them got stuck. Now, how? there's good news to this. These weren't like nine volts or, or D's or anything. They were the, <laughs> I hope not. They were the little, you know, the little button like watch batteries. Ow. But still, three of them, and they got lodged up there. The un- unidentified man, well, no kidding, uh, whose medical anomaly is now the source of a revolting medical study and uh, urology case reports, fueling his own sexual gratification by intentionally shoving batteries into the one-way tunnel. And apparently this was not a first-time thing. He'd done it multiple times. Uh he had ED, so I don't know. Maybe he thought the batteries were dead, and he was just trying to change just them out. I don't trying know. to charge himself up, was he? But yeah, he got three batteries deep, Crikey. and uh, yeah, he couldn't uh, couldn't get them out. Had to go, and uh, they had to extract them from deep within his urethra, coated with a black tar-like material. That absolutely makes me want to throw up. Yeah. All right. Happy Saturday, folks. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dees. This is the Eldonzo and Dees show from the Skyhammer Studios. We'll be out of here. We'll catch you next weekend. Same bat time, same bat channel. Eldonzo out. See ya.